0: Every Arizona homeowner's best friend.
1: Your, <coughs> your, oh, your Saturday morning tradition since 1988. This is hour number two of our weekly radio broadcast, the On the House Hour. We spend this hour on a particular topic relating to your home, castle, or cabin. <coughs> To join the conversation, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's 188 rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three. You can also email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. And uh, if you follow along in our weekly email newsletter, uh, you already got a blog article this week about steps to enhancing your outdoor lighting and to talk uh, through getting outdoor lighting introduced to your home and landscape. We've got Nick Servi of Arizona Nightworks. You've... Uh, a fairly new partner to Rosie on the House.
2: Yes, Romy, we're uh, we're brand new practically, and we're very excited and happy to be a certified partner of Rosie on the House, and uh, it's kind of the kind of network we like to be a part of.
1: Well, it's a great addition, and it's a very niche area. You know, you're very focused on outdoor lighting, and this is a great follow-up to our last hour because we were talking about backyard entertainment <clears throat> coming into this great fall season. You know, the outdoors are just begging us to come out and enjoy enjoy the cooler weather and you know this great climate we have here in Arizona and being able to uh not limit yourself to just daylight hours uh is a great feature. Now there's a lot of other reasons and a lot of other functionality for outdoor lighting, but just as a follow-up to you know the last hour starting with uh, going to extended daytime or nighttime use in this work.
2: Yeah. One of the things, uh, you find is, you know, in Arizona, obviously the climate is great for eight or nine months out of the year to spend time outdoors. And, uh, the good thing about that is, uh, you know, we can help, uh, you utilize your outdoor space in a, in a much more, uh, I guess, efficient manner and, uh, actually allow you to take advantage of all your space. And, uh, obviously there's also the curb appeal side and the, and the uh, security side of lighting. But, uh, yeah, uh, outdoors in our business is, you know, this is the time of year right now when it starts to get nice at night through, you know, till about the end of May, beginning of June, that, you know, we're about as busy as we can possibly be.
1: Well, and that's funny because when you're saying through May, but there's so many applications in, in our world where, you know, we'll use the lighting more in the summertime, because that's the time that you can be outside and not burn up (laughs) aside from
2: just being in the pool of course right right and Mm -hmm. uh we just find people spend a lot more uh time on their patios you know when the winter months are in place and uh the weather's nicer the evenings are cooler but uh yeah obviously the lighting works all year round and uh when it, when it allows you to get outside during the middle of the summer when it's hot, um, you know, we want to make sure things look nice and, and are safe for you out there.
1: And when you're talking look nice, uh, it we're not talking about cheap solar lights you get at the hardware store and spread out there or a big light glare bomb that you put <laughs> on your patio porch eve to, to cast light way out. This is, you know, a lot more design and a lot, you know, it, it's... We're
2: creating ambiance. Uh, I was going to uh, say architecture. Yep. Uh, we're, we're looking for uh, creating an ambiance where you can have lighting mm-hmm. that is beautiful, yet not a big spotlight. Or, uh, as you mentioned, you know, retail-grade products. In our business, there's really three types of uh, lights or grades of light. There's the retail grade that you find at a Home Depot or a Lowe's. There's a professional grade, which we primarily operate in for residential homes, and then there's a commercial grade for, you know, big commercial buildings, and uh, we don't do much of that because we're a very niche company. Like you said earlier, we specifically are licensed for 12-volt lighting systems, and uh, their biggest application is, you know, mainly uh, residential and some small commercial applications like... Uh, you know, entryways to a community or uh, outdoor dining areas or spaces for golf club, you know, your clubhouse, your golf course community type thing. Uh, so that's where we spend our time. And when you were talking about the different grades and the different levels,
1: you know, and the applications for them, how often are you You're coming in after a landscape is done and lighting it there? I mean, it, yeah. for most cases the outdoor lighting isn't something that builders incorporate in homes they, you know, there may be a very little small element but it's nothing uh, of nowhere to the capacity or the quality of what's capable so we're coming into an existing landscape whether it's front back we're doing security you know uh, right safety function for nighttime use so where do we start uh With the homeowner, once you you come up on site, do we have to schedule this at night and so we know what we're casting shadow on or is is this something that can be done in the daylight when we're doing the design side?
2: Right. Uh, Probably 70% of our business is what we call retro fit. And that's when landscaping and everything is already in place. So they've already got their landscape contractors who have been in there and built all their hardscape and their patios and their, you know, landscape, their front yard and backyard and uh we actually i I prefer to do the design work uh during the day because i want to see all the elements clearly understand view corridors understand what people are actually using the space for i know in the previous hour your guests talked a lot about you know planning and knowing what am i going to use this space for so we spend a lot of time listening to our customers talk about uh you know here's where we like to spend our time here's what we like to do outdoors Uh, again, it could be a front yard nowadays, many people are incorporating courtyards into their front yards and spending more time there as well. But, uh, those are the things we look for. And, uh, those are the things that we try to think about, okay, how do we make this space usable yet beautiful for you to sit there and, uh, be able to use the space at night, uh, perhaps see the stars, see the unique features of your home and not just have big floodlights everywhere you know, you don't want to feel like you're at the ball game on Friday night. Exactly. We want you to feel nice and comfortable. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, uh, you know, people, they, they see, uh, you know, floodlights on the side of the house and they think, oh, I've got plenty of light. Well, uh, part of what we try to educate them on is a good lighting design incorporates darkness with light. And the reason we say that is if everything is lit, then there's no special look to it. There's no special thing that you see. There's no ambiance. It's just everything's washed with light. And so usually people are a lot more comfortable in a space where, you know, there's light, dark. You see the nice things that you like, the special parts of your yard, And that's what we're trying to accommodate.
1: I was trying to think of the perfect word to describe outdoor lighting this week. And the best I came up with is, is sophistication. You know, it, it adds a
2: level of sophistication to your outdoor use. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say when we're done, oh, you, you paint with light. And, uh, that kind of goes along with that. You know, you, you, it's the artistry of what we do that makes it a good design and, uh, that is definitely, you know, improves curb appeal and, like you said, makes the home a more sophisticated look, a more uh, inviting, you know, that type of thing uh, all comes with that.
1: And are people doing front yards, backyards, or are you doing it all at once?
2: Uh, great question. Most of our customers, uh, we probably do one yard for them first and then do the, the other yard at a later time. And that that's very frequently the case. Uh, if people have done professional landscape lighting before, then they're more apt to maybe do both yards at the same time. But if it's someone who's never really done that and had it done, they've they've you know done the do-it-yourselfer experience a few times. Uh, typically, we get them into a yard, whichever one they uh, is most important to them, and uh, we'll we'll come in and do that. So our business is pretty split 50-50 between front and back, but uh, we definitely, uh, you know, can accommodate both. And we like to say we do the front yard for curb appeal and your neighbors and your guests coming over, and we do the backyard for you. And primarily because most people spend most of their outdoor time at their home in their backyard using patios, you know, uh, gazebo areas, hardscape areas that they've created with fireplaces and that sort of thing. Uh, over the last like 15 years though, courtyards have become very popular and there's a lot more of those being built with homes. And, uh, there's been a trend for people to spend time in their front yards, kind of get to know your neighbors, but have this nice courtyard area. So that, that has become a little bit more, uh, in the last 15 years, a little bit more of a, front yard being utilized for your benefit as well, but again, most often curb appeal and and your benefit is the back. And like you were saying, a lot of the work, most of the work is
1: retro. So we're going into homes, a lot of homes that you know weren't designed or built uh where the home is towards the front. You got a little bit a driveway, but your yard's in the back. that's right. the majority of how homes were built in the right and the area you can get into some older neighborhoods where it's it's offset and the homes in the back and you've got the big area in the front front. but those were you know the historic districts that were homestead designs and that's very far and few between you know the average listener
2: right right we typically uh people wind up probably when they're doing these projects you you probably wind up spending you know putting more lighting in your backyard than you do your front yard on a typical home but uh you know It just all depends on that particular home and that particular uh, neighborhood.
1: On the House Hour this Saturday morning with Rosie on the House, we're talking landscape lighting. Where where else would you rather be than outside this time of year? that's, That's the weather. Uh, that's one of the great benefits of being in Arizona and you know the reward for sweating through the last four months. If you have questions or like to talk about landscape lighting at your home or f- repairing an existing system, upgrading lighting structures or, or enhancing what's available, one triple8674 three four48. That's one thats 1888 Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to 411 923 or you can email us info at rosieonthehouse.com. Becky, good morning. Welcome to the program. How may we help you?
0: Well, hi, Romy. Uh, this is Becky. I am a partner with you at the Arizona Chimney and Air Ducks, and I would just love to share my experience that I had with Nick from Nightworks.
1: A Rosie on the House certified partner who used a Rosie on the House certified partner calling in to talk about their experience. How about that? our partners are homeowners too
2: yeah that's awesome thanks for calling in (laughs) Becky
0: absolutely you know Nick is a wonderful guy uh he came to my house and within a week my front and backyard was transformed with light
1: well wonderful that is uh what we're here to
2: do Yeah, that's what we like doing. Uh, Becky's uh, yard is very well landscaped, and uh, it was really easy to come up with a nice design. It was uh, someone had put a little thought into how the landscaping was laid out. They had some unique features, and it uh, lent itself very well to a nice lighting job. So was there
1: already a lighting job there that you just had to upgrade? Uh,
2: Becky, I don't remember. Did you have lighting in? Yeah,
0: not really. The front yard was... Pretty black. Um, All we had was the coach lighting. And after Nick had put his lighting in, I thought the yard was so beautiful now. I even took my coach lighting all the way down to a 40, you know, the equivalent of a 40 watt LED because I didn't want my coach lighting to be so dominant anymore. So, because the landscape lighting looks so beautiful. I thought, "Geez, I gotta get rid of these coach lights now. They used to, you know, light up my house much, you know, fine, but then once you have this beautiful landscape lighting, I toned those down." He also was very good at putting my hardscapes. It wasn't just lighting up bushes. He also lit up some hardscapes that I had. Um, we even came up with a really neat little system for my pool pump area. He put a little light on a switch so that when I went out at night, I could just switch the light on and it lit up my pool pump. So we even did some things, you know, that were more uh, not just for light, but also to working.
2: Right. We made some uh, functional lighting. Uh, Becky had a need for wanting to be able to see her pool equipment at night occasionally. And instead of having it on every night, shine, shining on pool equipment, we just you know put that particular fixture on a switch for her that she could turn on when she needs to have it on. And uh, the one thing Becky was mentioning about the front yard and, and sometimes in backyards, a lot of times when we do a design, we want to light it uh, effectively and beautifully so that you don't have to rely on your coach lights or carriage lights to be on. Uh, in Becky's situation, Uh, I think she had them programmed to come on automatically, but some people don't. So they have to remember to turn those lights on at night. And we like to make that yard look beautiful so that if they have an unexpected guest over and they haven't turned on their coach lights, uh, it's still beautifully lit, functionally lit for the person to get from the driveway to the front door. And uh, in addition, as she also mentioned a lot of times, besides lighting landscape, obviously we do light architectural features all the time on homes. And, uh, like in her case, she had some nice stacked stone walls. She had some interesting pots that we actually, uh, illuminated for her. So those are a lot of things that we, we do to try and incorporate the best features of the home and use those to, uh, create a really nice lighting design.
1: And she had said something that you had said in the first segment where you're like, you know, if, if everything's lit, then nothing special, you got to incorporate the light and darkness. And she she was talking about reducing the light bulb she's using for her coach light right. so that it doesn't overpower you know, the architectural lighting that was
2: you know, then installed. Right, exactly, and, and that's the whole idea. A lot of times I tell people if their lights are on automatically, uh, either put them on a dimmer switch where you can dim them all the way down or uh, you know, incorporate a way like she did to lower the wattage of the bulbs to a, a very minimum and that way, if the landscape lighting's not on, you still have lights. But uh, if the landscape lighting is on, they're not interfering with each other, and uh, they're enhancing each other. And you were talking about
1: maybe, you know, the timers and the lights on, off. Are they smart enough to adjust with the
2: seasonal daylight times? It it depends on the type of timing system, but yes, all of that t- sort of sophistication is available. It can be as simply as, as now with LEDs, we find that, led light lighting has become the de facto standard in landscape lighting and uh we found that a lot more people just run the lights all night dust till dawn because the bulbs last longer they're more energy efficient they use less energy even running all night than they did for four or five hours before when they were halogen or incandescent bulbs and we found that a lot more people just rely on a photocell to run them dust till dawn and then there's all sorts of sophistication from there you know, you can put in astronomical clock type mechanisms so that uh, you put in you know some some uh, information on where you're located at in the world, and it'll run the lights. You know, from it'll turn them on right at dusk every <laughs> every night, and then of course there's the Wi-Fi applications as well, and lots of people use those.
1: Now, how often can you and in- do stations? You were talking about you know instead of running it all night. Well, what if I wanted these? You know, the seating area lit from, you know, dark till 1030. But I wanted the security lighting out front on all night. How, how often are we doing uh, different stations and zones? And uh, I'm asking that question, but you're not going to have time to answer. We can do a lot, but we can't okay. stop the clock. That music, <laughs> uh, bottom of the hour news break, Becky from Arizona Chimney and Ducks. Thanks for calling in and giving a testimonial for Nick at Nightworks.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. That's when you know you didn't hire a professional. Yeah, that's one of the things we definitely try to avoid is the <laughs> runway look. We, we kind of joke about that. And uh, people, customers of mine know me and, and uh, some of the people we do business with on a regular basis where we do uh, lighting for, like, say, a landscape contractor who doesn't do lighting and they use us exclusively. They're always like, I know we're not going to do the runway look. <laughs> this thing that comes out right away.
1: <laughs> we we have Nick Zerbe in the studio talking landscape, night lighting, uh, design lighting, functional lighting. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three. And we have a couple there that we'll get to, uh, but we got a. a a couple of the follow up things to address first and email us info at com if you need to send a picture or short video with your message. Nick, as we were going to that news break, I had asked you a question about zoning and is it possible that I could have my cooking area lit every night automatically from dusk to, let's say, 10 o'clock, but then the lighting out front stays on all night or maybe, maybe not? Depending on the size you are, maybe I don't need it, but I've got security lighting that comes on around my front door, garage, windows that stays on all night. Can you
2: zone the different areas? Yeah, there's a lot of levels of sophistication that come with uh, being able to control the lights and uh, control when they're on and off. And uh, as uh, most people know, that all comes down to planning ahead of time and knowing what's important and what isn't. The levels of sophistication, obviously, they can run to very expensive, where you can spend a lot of money, almost as much money controlling your system as you did just implementing the lighting. (laughs) So, so you got to be careful in those regards. And uh, you know, some of the the larger homes, they already have home automation systems in them, and uh, they can control a lot of that themselves without us really having to do a whole lot other than implement. Uh, transformer uh, location, which the transformers what basically runs the lights. Um, so uh, just by knowing that they have an automation system and what areas need to be on all night versus which areas might only be on for four or five hours a night, um, all of that can be coordinated. So there's many levels to that, and uh, it all just gets down to proper planning ahead of time and and budget. And there was more things in the planning side of things you wanted to address
1: as it look as it relates to. What you're looking for on on a
2: property to light or or to not light? Right. Uh, what's interesting, Romy, is a lot of people uh, get a hold of us and we'll go out and meet with them and talk to them about things they like and don't like about lighting. Uh, we'll look at their yard. We'll uh, then ask them if it's okay if we make recommendations because a lot of people have in mind, uh, hey, I got these tall palm trees I want to light, and you know that's an easy thing to say okay yeah we can light those and they're going to look interesting at night but we like to look at it uh in a lot of other ways as well and i like to make recommendations i've been doing this so long that uh you know there's there's probably no architectural feature we haven't tried to light or uh do uh lighting on any kind of particular specimens or hardscape areas so um a lot of times i'll introduce them look Let's say we look at their home and they have some beautiful architecture features on the home that can be highlighted. They may not even have thought of that because their neighbors all have their trees and their cactuses and their beautiful things like that lit. But their home might be screaming, Hey, throw some light on this entryway that we have, throw some light around the windows with all the cantera stone or the limestone that we've done around those to uh, decorate the house. And that might be something where we approach them and say, Hey, this is going to be very unique to your home and thing that you should consider lighting or highlighting instead of the obvious trees and cactuses and, you know, boulder outcroppings and that sort of thing that are unique. Uh, we also look for water features and a lot of people have, you know, beautiful water features in their front yard or backyard. We look at those things and try to steer them towards getting uh, the best for their dollar, <clears throat> excuse me, on – on. Uh, what they're spending money for on lighting and not just do the run-of-the-mill stuff. Show them the unique aspects of their home that we can bring to life for them at night.
1: And it really is an art form. You, you had said that earlier in, I think, the first segment. You, you're, you're creating art with light. Exactly. One of... Uh, and then the previous hour, Bill had mentioned an ironwood tree. And right. I've always liked the ironwood tree, but my uncle has one that I, when I saw it at night... It's lit from below, but it also, it, it's a very huge, uh, very mature ironwood tree. Right. They also have lights in the tree casting shadows down. Right, And that became my favorite
2: tree, just of how it was lit during, during the night. Absolutely. One of the beautiful things about... Uh... You know the desert trees, the native desert trees is they're very easy to do down lighting from and give you a great look, a moonlit effect look as we like to call it, because you do see the shadows you know it it's very reminiscent of if you didn't have lighting, but there was a full moon out, you get that same effect, but on every night because you can uh hang lights in the trees that you know will give you that moonlit look and uh it's interesting you get away from the native trees trees that are more dense. Uh, it's not a good look because the light doesn't get down through the tree. And so you get no shadowing, no moonlit effect below. So the the trees that are native here are are really good. And mesquites are good for that too. But, you know, a lot of people use ficus trees and things like that in their yard. And you can't, you know, the only way you're going to accent something like that is by casting light onto it horizontally and, and uh, vertically, but you're not going to get any downward kind of lighting that works effectively on those types of trees. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, but they do lend themselves. It's a beautiful look. And that is you know, a benefit to the native
1: trees when you're, you're doing your night lighting because they, they in the wild really don't grow like a tree. You know, they, they're protecting <laughs> themselves. Their bark they They grow shrub style as a sunscreen protectant. Uh, and we, plant them in our yards and we trim them up and we think it's a tree it's got to have a trunk and go straight up well a lot of them are multi-trunk in nature and uh the branch architecture as it's coming back down it it gives a lot more different uh looks that you can do stuff with and like you said because you know it can still be a great shade tree yep but the leaves you know you've got very small leaves, you know, thousands more of them, right. but it does allow for light penetration because exactly. of how small
2: it is. Yep, exactly. That's that's the beauty of those desert trees is how craggly the branches are, and you get to really see those at night, whereas, you know, traditional trees, like we we've even done a few homes, you know, up in the mountains, but, you know, a pine tree or a oak tree or something that grows tall and straight, it's not, there's not a lot of effect there, but but desert trees look beautiful if they're trimmed properly and they're lit properly. They, they are very interesting characteristics to be able to highlight at night.
1: All right, let's get to the, a couple of these text questions real quick. Uh, first one, existing landscape system uh, with what I thought were high-end bulbs at the time and their halogen. I'm wondering, can I switch out my halogen for an LED? Now, you had said earlier in the broadcast a lot of your... Work is retrofit where you're going into an existing home that yes. doesn't, the, the home is there. How often are you going to an existing landscape lighting and upgrading that system?
2: Oh, very frequently. It's a big part of our business. Uh, you know, the, the beauty of the LED lighting uh, now is that um, almost every type of bulb that used to exist in a halogen type environment or an incandescent environment, there's almost for every one of those, there's an equivalent of an LED. So if your fixtures are in good enough shape, uh, you you should be able to retrofit the fixture with an LED bulb instead of your old halogen or incandescent bulb. And uh, that makes it, you know, a lot easier to uh, switch it over cost-wise because you don't necessarily have to replace all your fixtures. And the price in LED has really come down. When they
1: first came out, uh, mm-hmm. you remember the... the- uh, what do they call it the f oh i can't even remember now uh but they're they went from halogen to this other type of bulb the oh LEDs. yeah the
2: xenon and yeah, the yeah. F- yep.
1: when the leds <clears> first <throat> hit we had somebody come out and do okay here's our kitchen nine recess can lights and wanted a hundred dollars per bulb I'm like right. you want me to spend nine hundred dollars on can lights mm-hmm. oh but they'll save you money i'm like <laughs> How much am I spending to light my kitchen for a couple hours a day? Come right, on, this right. is. A, but they have come to really their mainstream, right. and and the
2: pricing wise, yeah, uh, much more down. affordable. Right, right. And then our business is the same. The prices have come down. Um, the outdoor ones are still uh, somewhat expensive compared to their halogen counterparts, but part of that's because it's like anything else in this world. You can you can buy an inexpensive LED. The problem is if it's not sealed well and not protected well, being that it's outdoors, uh, you know, you're taking a chance. Because any kind of moisture, anything like that affects the electronics of an LED. So the good ones, the ones that are backed with good warranties, um, you know, now a lot of the manufacturers for LED bulb on the outside of your house, they'll warranty it for five years. So that gives you the peace of mind, even though you might have spent a little bit more for it than a halogen bulb, it's definitely paying for itself in that it is warrantied and be replaced, and, uh, you know, you're using less energy, probably most of them about 80% less energy every night. And so um, just like anything else, you know, you you just got to be careful because you can buy a very inexpensive LED and think you're getting a bargain, and it'll probably go out in two years' time or less, just like a halogen bulb. You can spend a little bit more and get a bulb that actually will last you five years and uh, or more, and, uh, and you know, you'll be real happy with it.
1: Now, LED lights shine different than a halogen light. Do you ever run into a situation where we're upgrading, switching out halogen, going to a more efficient, longer-lasting LED, and it does something different with the light where you're not having to move it or reposition it or, or fine-tune it because it just
2: doesn't do the same? Really... Really, what it is, Romy, is um, there's two aspects to it. It's the beam spread on the bulb and the color of the light. And that's what a lot of people don't understand because a lot of the retail stores, when they first started stocking LED bulbs for landscape lighting, they jumped into it, but they were offering 3,000 and 5,000 Kelvin light, which is a different color than what 95% of the people out there in the marketplace had in their original landscape lighting all the halogen and incandescent if they were running at the proper voltage were at 2700 kelvin which is considered a warm white and so what happened was you you saw these people try to switch things on their own and they went wow this looks completely different than what i had before it's not the same color the beam is narrower or wider or whatever and they they would notice problems and then they'd feel like, oh, I gotta switch them all, or I gotta move them back to what they were. And really, that's that's part of what you hire someone like us to do. We'll we'll make sure you get the proper beam spread, the proper color of light that you're looking for, and uh, make things nice for you.
1: We have another t- text questions for you. Mr. Nick Servi of Nightworks, Arizona, uh, person who says, thank you for being amazing, must be talking about you. I know they're not talking to me. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the cost of landscape lighting depends on fixtures and size and uh, front yard, backyard, etc. But is there a typical cost range? And is there a work a do-it-yourselfer can do uh, ahead of time to bring the cost down? Now, I don't know about you, but one, Nick, I always tell you, is don't give pricing because we record the program, we turn it into a podcast, we break up the video into different areas. It, it's going to live digitally, you know, and for 10 years, 20 years. And the pricing, right. and I don't want somebody to come across this, you know, half a decade and have the wrong expectations. So I, right. I try and avoid pricing when it can be, you know, so that's what I encourage. And then as it relates to work, you know, laying out the homeowner to do stuff before you get there, you know, that's a very hard one. For me, just because I'm so meticulous in my work, when I get done, I want people to know, you know, by looking at it, that only, you know, Romy did that because no one else would have spent that much time on that type of perfection. And explaining that to somebody else, training them to do that, to to get you started, you know, isn't something anybody can make a living doing. You know, you've got to be doing the work. You can't be explaining somebody else how to... Do all your work,
2: so that's a very hard one for me. I don't know how it is in your. Sure. Yeah. No, we have the same issue, and uh, I would just suggest that uh, you know someone like that. There, there are a couple things you could probably do to help yourself on the cost. Um, I would welcome anyone to call our office, and we'd be happy to talk to them on the phone and discuss you know price ranges and that sort of thing, Um, because in our business, like any other business, the range is is pretty vast uh depending on the sophistication and the level of the system you want to incorporate and so uh you know you can get into an affordable system and then you know what might be affordable for one person might not be for another and then there's you know the people who are extravagant systems and uh you know the budget is is large and you know they're going to get great sophistication and great you know products and so there there's just a big range in our industry and but we'd be happy to discuss that with anyone on the phone and and kind of walk them through that to help them through their process. And when we're talking about
1: uh, you know the systems, I'm I'm a huge fan of over infrastructure. Is when you're talking about these elaborate systems, you could upgrade to, you know, do I have to run any different wiring, or is my transformer wire is going to be good enough that I jump into? an affordable light system to get security lighting done knowing i'm
2: saving for this to add on for my decorative lighting right yes we we try to help people with that and we keep those things in mind we always make suggestions on uh sizing and locations of transformers are important when you're thinking about future as well as the current so we're always trying to help out with that and with your great guests that were here earlier this morning Uh, you know, if the trenches are open for doing a project, um, you can always incorporate some landscape lighting. You know, we, we, uh, we work closely with a lot of landscapers and a lot of other contractors and, uh, with a little planning and coordination with the homeowner, you know, we can, we can be putting our wire in the ground and they could have their audio visual guys putting their wire in the same, you know, in the same trenches and vice versa but it does take coordination and planning and that sort of thing which is no problem. And I would imagine
1: those two don't intersect very well. So when you're lighting specific features that's not where you want the sound to be. So even if it's run in the same ditch, you may right. need the electrical for the light to come up here, right. but the sound,
2: you know, right. speaker yep. is over here. <laughs> yeah. We look at it as like when we're working with, uh, say, even a landscape company, you know, we don't want to lay wire in every one of their trenches because, you know, they have their main line runs and then they have their spaghetti lines going to the plants and trees and that. And we may not be lighting any of that. So we're very, you know, proactive in, hey, here's where we want the main runs to go. And then there's always digging and things you have to do to get the light, the wire for our lighting, you know, to the specific locations you want. But you can, you know, help yourself a little bit in that regard. So, and uh, you know, we try to do that as well because it saves the customer some money if we're in early enough while they're redoing all their landscaping. Obviously, on a retrofit, it doesn't apply. We're just going to do it all and.
1: Take and I and I would imagine when we're talking retrofit of installing landscape lighting on an existing home that right. already has a mature landscape, you've probably had some learned some pretty tricky ways to get wire through hardscapes <laughs> and around structures and yeah. uh, some some tricks of the trade to get the light where you need it to be without making a huge mess or right. you know, incurring extra cost of you know, landscape material replacement for the homeowner.
2: Right. No, that's that's one of the things we do really well. And, uh, you know, maybe 27 years ago when I started, we didn't do so well, but now we do it really well. So, uh, we've, we've had to get pretty much cable just about anywhere you can possibly imagine. And, and, and then there's always the, the places where, you know, you can't, and you just tell the homeowner, here's, here's your alternative. We can run this wire, but we can't necessarily hide it. Or, you know, if you're okay with that wire being there and tacked on the wall and you want to paint it the color of your wall, that's fine. If aesthetically that doesn't work for you, we just can't, you know, do something. And, you know, we're very upfront with people about that. But uh, we've done a lot of creative things. We've, you know, taken out grout lines and re-grouted and, you know, done all kinds of things that had to be done to get wire from one point to another.
1: Now, start to finish, Becky had called in uh, in the second segment and said, you know, it was like a week turnaround time from visiting the home to completing it. Uh, yeah. That sounds
2: like really quick to me. Right. Or 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 is that how efficient y'all are (laughs) we're 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 very efficient but you know becky's job was done in uh september uh early september and uh you know when when seasonally things like install work is slower for us uh we can turn people around pretty fast and it some of it depends on the size of the job and uh with her job it was easy to turn it around within a week uh but Busier times of year, we, we get out, you know, four to six weeks sometimes on install projects getting completed. But, uh, you know, maintenance project or maintenance and service, we, we keep pretty pretty uh, tight schedule on that.
1: Next survey, Nightworks of Arizona. You can find them in the lighting category at rosieonthehouse.com or Nightworks, N-I-T-E-W-O-R-X of Arizona.com.